This is Brett. And this is Sean. And this is Bonus BS. Bonus BS, a supplemental show to Gaming and BS podcast, where we cover interviews and other such topics not found in our weekly episodes. Enjoy. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Bonus BS. I am your host, Sean, and I'm going solo on this one. This is part two of our series, Inside Gaming and BS, where I talk about how we produce the show and some of the details that go into it because we were getting inquiries um, via comments on our blog, as well as emails and social media, um, and even instant message about, hey, how do you guys do your show? Where do you host? Um, what goes into it? Some of those details. And so I thought I'll do a little short series and give you some insight. So the part one of the series, if you haven't listened to that, has to do with planning the podcast. Um, if you have any questions about that, or if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. And if you have any questions, you can go ahead and email us at gamingnbs at gmail.com. This one is going to be into the operation workflow, okay? Um, how do we actually produce the show? And a lot of the production that we do for the show falls to me, yours truly, and that's why I wanted to elaborate on it a little bit more in detail. As a matter of fact, Brett may not even know what goes into actually producing the show. All right, so let's kick it off, shall we? Um, what we do, uh, I'll start with kind of, okay, we don't have a show or we just got done with a show and we're going to we're gonna put things into place for the next one. So what we do and what we start out with is we have a Google account um, stri- strictly for the show. So that's gamingnbs um, at gmail.com and we got that set up. And then we uh, set up Google Docs and we have a template that we created that is basically the outline for the show. You know, intro, for each segment, intro, like the episode starts out with the episode name and uh, number. Then it goes, it says announcements, and then it will say random encounter, uh, main topic. If there's a sponsor in there, we'll put the sponsor in there. And then we'll go into die roll. And that's kind of the outline. So we have a template. We just reuse that all the time. And it really makes for quick show notes because after we're done, we just copy all that that we've typed in in the week and um, paste that right into our blog entry. And, of course, we tweak it a little bit. Um, We may take out full-length emails if we do paste them into the show notes. So when we actually record the show, we pull up that document and we kind of go through that one by one. And when we read emails, we actually copy emails comments from Google+, Plus, comments off our blog, Twitter, and we paste that into that document so we can read them right out of that document. Nobody has to go anywhere, and that's kind of how it works. Um, and Brett and I can both collaborate on them. As a matter of fact, it's really nice because um, if we are talking and we realize there's a typo or we want to put a link in there, as I'm talking on the show, Brett can actually put that in there as I'm talking, and I've seen him do that as as we're doing the show. So we have that template. We put we copy the template. We give it the title of the document, the episode number, and then we fill in the blanks. And then once we're done with the show, we copy those details and put them into the show as the show agenda and put those in there. Um, we don't get into the time or anything when those occur, 
Um, some people will do that. That's really great show notes. We just don't break it down by like time. Like, okay, the you know random encounter occurs at five, five minutes, five seconds. But it really does at least give us some content for the blog post. Um, and people can see what it kind of talks about, what we talk about in the show. Um, it's easy to share. It's easy to collaborate. There's great outline and agenda. Um, we also use a spreadsheet for our sponsor, which is Grade Out Productions at uh, uh, gradeout.etsy.com. And if you want to go there and support them, that'd be great and support the show. Um, use Gaming and BS as a promo code and you can get 10% off a, a dice, a custom made dice bag. So we also have a spreadsheet there that we, uh, I will keep track of the episodes that we do and mention the sponsor. And I share that with the sponsor and say, Hey, here's kind of where you were mentioned and when, and, um, what show it was and your payment applied to these shows. And then if they want to continue, we, we just keep the same spreadsheet, copy the, a block and then kind of create a blank and then fill it in as we go. Because what we'll do is we'll, the, the sponsor kind of, um, not to get into too much details about the sponsor, but what we'll do is they will pay us um, for, for like four episodes at a time, right? And then we show them the four episodes. And then once it's done, we say, hey, you know, do you want to sponsor another four? And they say yes. And then we go ahead and create another piece of a spreadsheet or worksheet that puts those in there and keeps track of things that way. So that way we can say, hey, look, we did it in this show, this show, this show, and this show. And they go, okay, fine, great. Um, and if we even talk about it, the sponsor on social media, we'll put those as kind of a record um, or a row in that um, that timeline that they paid for so they can say, okay, because we want to show that not only are we supporting them on the show, but even through different social media channels or mentions, okay? All right, so um, that helps. We use Skype for recording the show. Um, let me back up a second. We used to do a double ender. If you're not familiar with a double ender, um, there's quite a few podcasts that do that. The double ender in a nutshell is if everybody is remote, okay, and they're not all in the same room, Brett would record his track on his end and I would record my track on my end. And on my end, I would also record the Skype track in a different app. So we'd have three tracks. So then when the show ended, Brett would send me his track, I would have my own, and then we'd have the Skype track. And the reason we do that is because when you record locally, the bandwidth isn't an issue. So once you get that little flutter or hiccups in the Skype track, right, when the Skype connection starts to kind of go wonky, um, somebody might have a stutter in there, that does not come through when you record locally, so that's nice. You get a really clean um, sound. And he, since Brett is on his own track, I can turn his up or down if he's soft. Um, and same with me. You use the Skype track to sync them, to synchronize my track with Brett's. And then I delete the Skype track. Now, some people will just record straight out of Skype. Um, and we actually do that sort of. Um And I'll kind of specify that in a little bit here. Um, Some people will use Hangouts. Um, That's fine too. Some people record in the same room. So they may have, you know, if it's solo, it's really easy, right? It's much easier. So I'm I'm talking about when you're recording with multiple co-hosts and guests. So most guests I will record um, from Skype. Um, 
into my down from my computer through my mixer and into a digital recorder. Anyways, um, some people record locally. Um, so everybody's in the same room. That's awesome. Cause then you can get really good quality. Everybody's on their own track. You can adjust it using a mixer. Um, some people won't use a mixer and that's okay too, but we do. Um, and I don't want to get into the gear, but I think it's important to kind of understand how our setup is so that you understand the workflow behind it. So again, going just to gaming and BS, we use, Brett has a Skype account. I have my Skype account Sunday at seven o'clock PM central time. We'll connect to each other via video Skype. And, uh, you know, I'll hook up the recorder. I'll hit, uh, pause, which puts it into record mode, but it doesn't actually record anything, but it'll light up the levels. And I have him coming out of my computer into my mixer from Skype. And then I have my microphone going into a channel. So now I can, re- I can tweak his channel and tweak my channel. I also have what I mentioned in the first of the series. Um, the planning was I have the soundboard that we use, right, for all our transitions. So I'll play the intro, see, and that's on its own track. So I can adjust the level of the, the volume level of the intro. And once I have everything in the right space, which doesn't really differ from week to week, then we're ready to record. So the way I record the show is I don't use software to record. So some people record straight into GarageBand or Audacity, certainly great options. The only reservation I had was that if the software pukes, you could lose an entire hour's worth of a show. And I didn't want to risk that because time is, is precious to us. And I just, I, you know, with, uh, let me back up just a second. So when we did a double ender, um, so Brett would give me his track, I would get my track, and then there's the Skype track and we'd synchronize them. I would put all those in GarageBand and I would have to listen to an entire hour to find out where the highs and lows are for Brett and adjust them. And the same with me. So there's an hour of editing. And when you hour when you have a show, typically you're editing if you're editing in post, you can pretty much look at spending twice the t- amount of time as the actual show. So if you your show's 30 minutes, expect an hour to edit. If it's an hour show, expect 2 hours to edit. That was getting to be too much. I wanted to just do live to tape is what they call it in radio, which means you record it and you you do the show and it's recorded and then you launch it. You don't do any post, which is tricky because you want to put in an intro and outro. Um, so what we did was I got a soundboard and we record it and we play it live. All right. So... Um, so double ender, we covered a little bit and that was where we started. And then we went in, I'm like, dude, I don't want to edit anymore. I'm just going to record us together, different channels, and then we're going to put it out there. So picking up where I left off, um, Brett comes in, I come in and our sounds come in to a mixer, three different channels. I can adjust the levels of each channel. Now the mixer gets pumped back out to Brett minus his own talk so he can hear Skype and he can hear me and he can hear himself but there's no echo right so that's called a mix minus if you don't know what a mix minus is go on YouTube there's plenty of videos on how to set up a mix minus and it's very easy between one person and another okay it's a little trickier when you're multiple people but I'm just going with 
our setup for right now. So then I have the out to a digital recorder. Okay, so I have a little digital recorder. It's about the size of a cigarette box. Um, it's the Roland, oh, what is this? The, I think the R09. Anyways, um, I have the sound going into that recorder. That's not, it's not going to crash. And we record in WAV file on the digital recorder. So I have a, like a four gigabyte card in there. I hit, so what happens is, hey, Brett, how you doing? Great. We're talking on Skype. I said, you ready to kick this off? He says, sure. I said, okay. Three, two, one. I hit the record button. I hit the intro button on the iPad sound, uh, soundbite app. Plays the intro. As the intro gets to about 10, 20 seconds, I fade it down from the mixer and I start talking. Hey, welcome to Gaming and BS, the show where we talk about RPGs and tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Sean. And then Brett says, I'm your host, Brett. And then we start off with the show. And then we do random encounter. I look over at the SoundCat soundboard and I hit random encounter and it plays the creaking of the door. And all that gets piped over to the digital sound recorder. So now we're recording. Everything's great. And then we do the outro and we say, you know, then the outro music is done. And I hit stop on the digital recorder and I tell Brett we're done. And then that's it. That's the show. So now... What do we do, right? It's in a wave on the digital recorder on the uh, memory card. So then what I do is it may be the next day that I do it or it's the same night or whenever I get a chance, but I take out the sound, the memory card out of the digital recorder. I happen to be a Mac user. Um, this I'm sure will work in a PC, Um Obviously, some of the software may be a little bit different depending on what platform you're using. But what we'll do is I will take um, the sound or the memory card out. I'll put it in my Mac. I will drag the file that we recorded onto the Mac in a folder. And I have a folder that's show name, episodes. And then I will rename the track episode number dot wave. And that's the raw audio file. So when we record an hour of a show, it is usually about 600 to 700 megabytes. That is huge amounts of data. Um, You're never going to want to upload that to a host and you're never going to want your listeners to download that file by any means. All right. So there's a little bit of work for me to do. So once that's on my computer, um, because, and I still don't delete the original file from the, re, the the sound or the memory card because if there's anything wrong with the, the transfer, I want to make sure I have the still raw file I can go back to. Then what I do is uh, we don't edit it. I don't put it in GarageBand. I don't put it in Audacity. I don't put in the intros and outros. They're all in that one file. What I do is I take that file and I drop it into what's called Levelator. Google it, download it. I think it's available for Windows and Mac. I don't know if it's available for Linux. Put it into Levelator. You literally just drop it on a splash page. Levelator takes the entire file and prevents the highs of volumes, like the big lows and highs of volume, and basically keeps it all uniform, right? So that way you're not listening to a podcast. If a podcast is like, oh, that guy's really loud, I got to turn it down and then oh that guy's really soft i gotta turn it up that's because they're 
their levels are way out of whack and they don't know it and they produce it and then that occurs. So Levelator, Saving Grace, there's another web service out there that does it um, pretty nice. And I think it'll do like an hour or two hours for free a month. Um, you upload it to them, or I think you can download their app and it does the same thing. It's a little bit more robust. You can get around that hour limitation or two hour limitation by paying for the product. We just use Levelator because it's free and it there's no controls. You just plop the file on there. So then it's a, well, Sean, where do you save it? It actually saves the levelated file file in the same directory that you dragged the original file from. And then it renames it as output dot name of file dot, uh, I think dot wave. And so that's your output still huge, but now it's levelated. And then what I do is I take that output file output dot name dot wave and I put it into iTunes. Now iTunes is on Windows, so you can use iTunes on Windows or you can use another uh, application to do this, but we use iTunes. And once it's in iTunes, I will convert it to MP3. And the iTunes, you have to go into the preferences of iTunes and you have to um, set it to change, you know, convert to MP3 because there's like, I think, A. AIF and AAC, and I don't want those file formats. I want MP3. So I put that in the preferences so that way when I go to right-click the file, it'll say convert to MP3. There's also options on what sample rate you want to convert it over to. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, we convert it to 128, which is, I think, a step above mono because we the stereo, the sound... Uh, we want it to be kind of stereo um, sound when we convert it. If you go to mono, it's okay, uh, and it's perfectly great for voice, and it will actually have a smaller file size when you do mono. Like I think it's 96K, um, and that's perfectly fine if that's uh, okay with you. We bump it up a little bit just because we want a little bit more crisper sound. Now that's going to keep the file a little bit larger. So when it's done converting, it takes a few, eh, probably a minute or so. Once it's done converting, it actually takes it from like a six or 700 megabyte megabyte file and gets it down to 60 or 70. So literally 90%, you know, trims it down, gets rid of 90% of all that other stuff and creates a 60 megabyte file. Typically still big. Um, you know, some you know you got to consider that with your hosting and how much space you have. Um, you also want to be conscious of your listeners. Now, I've heard people like, "Oh, nobody's going to want to download a sixty meg file." Nowadays, I don't think it's as big a deal. Um, yes, it's a, if it's thirty megs, it's going to download faster. But if they have their podcatcher set up where it's like, you know, download when I'm not using it, or download when I'm on Wi-Fi, um, I have my podcatcher to download files at like four a.m only on Wi-Fi. So a 60 meg file isn't a big deal. Now it is going to take more space up on their phone if they're using a phone. Um, that's, but I, you know, we're talking people with 32 gigabyte, you know, cards in their, in storage on their phones. Um, and after they, after they listen to it, I'm sure it's going to delete off of it. So I'm not overly conscious of that piece right now. So I think that we're right at the max for file size. 
Once it's converted to MP3, then I do the tagging, okay, in iTunes. So what you do is you right-click on the file, and it'll say Get Info. When it pulls up the Get Info, there's a lot of blank fields in there. And um, we have... Uh, I already I have a document that we use that I keep the tag information from, and I always reference back um, because I always want it the same, and I don't want to remember it. I just copy paste this info in there. So there are fields in iTunes. There's artist, album artist, and composer, and in all of three of those fields, I copy and paste the following phrase or the following info. Brett and Sean, colon, space, gamers, comma, space, podcasters, comma, space, game masters, comma, space, geeks. So when you go to iTunes and it's, you know, when iTunes displays the artist or the album artist or the composer, that info will be in all those fields. Okay. So there's the episode, and then underneath it'll say Brett and Sean, Gamers, Podcasters, Game Masters, and Geeks. Okay? For the show name, uh, for or I should say for album and grouping, which are two other fields, we put Gaming and BS Podcast, colon, Role-Playing Games, Space, and then what's called a pipe symbol, which is a vertical dash, Space, tabletop gaming, space, pipe, space, geekery, right? So gaming and BS, role-playing games, tabletop gaming, geekery. So it's when it shows up in iTunes, you'll see how those kind of play a role when they visit your uh, your presence on iTunes. So I think it's, uh, if I'm envisioning iTunes, it's like the episode number, or actually when you go there, it'll say like gaming and BS podcast, role-playing games, tabletop gaming, geekery. And then when it says like, who it is, the author, it'll say Brett and Sean, gamers, podcasters, game masters, and geeks, right? Because it's all kind of search engine optimized as well. So if somebody searches for role-playing games, we are going to get hit with that because it's incorporated into our album or grouping. You also want to select podcast as the genre, right? It's usually for music, but there is a podcast genre. So then it'll categorize it properly as podcast. There is also a track number, and I think a disc number, we use the track number and we put in the episode number in the track number field. So if it's episode 41, it's track 41 in the tags of iTunes. All right. I also uh, obviously rename the file in, or rename the title of the, the in the tagging um, differently. So it's still considered output dot episode name dot wave. Well, in this case, MP3. I changed that title to episode number and then the title of the episode. So in 040, uh, I think 041, we talked about, uh, oh shoot, I don't even know. I get my episodes all mixed up. Um, uh, improvisation, right? And then there is a tab for artwork, album artwork. You click on add album artwork and then it'll ask you where your album artwork is and you browse to the file on your computer. Now, iTunes will support up to a 3,000 by 3,000 pixel image. That's relatively new in the last year. 
Um, prior to that, the maximum was 1400 by 1400. So we are still continuing to do 1400 by 1400. And we put that in there. And then I hit OK. And when you hit OK, it updates all the information for that file to include the file name. Okay, so then when I'm in iTunes, it'll say 040 or 041 space um, title of the episode. And then if I want to click, oh, I'm sorry, I should back up as well. There's also a, a field in there for comments. And the comments field is the synopsis of the show. So what is it about? And that's where it goes, the number of the show, the title of the show, and then the description of the show. So the description pulls the info from the comments in your tags. All that stuff gets embedded into the file. All right. Once that's done, it's sitting in iTunes. I take that file and I pull it. Now I literally drag it out of iTunes and drop it on a folder under podcasts forward slash gaming and BS forward slash episodes. When I drop it, it actually, the file actually looks like our logo, right? It's not like this generic file icon. It actually looks like our logo because that's part of the tags, which is kind of cool. And then what I do is it'll, the episode or the file name at this point will be 041 space title of the show dot MP3. So it's really long. So I actually change the name of the file, which does not change the title of your file. Okay. That's two different things. The titles in the tags, the name of the file just defaults to that. I change the file to GBS and the number of the episode in a three number format. So episode 41, I drag it and change it to GBS 041 and then it'll default to .mp3. The reason I changed that file is because I want a uniform naming structure for our files. So all our files are GBS001 to GBS041. And for bonus BS, I think it's bonus BS010203. Okay. That way, when you upload it to your host, if you ever need to make a change or you need to move from your MP3 hosting company to another one, the naming scheme is all the same. And if you have to update your database on your website, you can run run one query, which basically says where my host is like, say host A and you have host B, it will say host A forward slash gaming NBS forward slash GBS. 001.mp3. If I move to host B and I need to update my database, I can run an update query and say for everything that says GB, you know, host A forward slash gaming NBS forward slash name of the episode.mp3 change that to read host B forward slash gaming NBS forward slash name of the episode or the file name GBS 041.mp3. And then it can update the entire database and you're done versus going into 41 episodes and updating the link one by one. 
just for forethought. Hopefully you'll never have to do it, but it's something to consider. All right. Once that is done and sitting on my computer, I will either zip the original file because it's big or you can delete it if you don't need the raw file. I keep it just in case I want to go back and pull something and it's raw in wave. I could probably still use the MP3 now that it's good and it's in good shape, but nonetheless, I don't know. It's maybe kind of a thing of mine. All right. So, um, then what I do is I log into our host, which is Blueberry. It's B L U B R R Y.com. Log in there, go to web hosting, and I upload that file. It takes a little bit. Once it's done, it'll say upload complete. And then I make the file public, which then uh, uh, at that point in time applies the size of the file to our allocated web space for the month. So it says, hey, you know, making this public, it's going to apply to your quota for the month. I say, yep, that's fine. And then what happens is it generates a link to that file. All right. While this is all kind of happening because Levelator takes a little bit and converting it to MP3 takes a little bit, I am going into our website and actually producing the post that this is going to be of. And what I do then is I still have the agenda and the show notes in front of me that Brett and I have been working on. And I copy all those and I paste it in a new post in WordPress. Now, once you do that, the formatting might be a little off. Sometimes it puts in too many spaces. You get rid of those. It's pretty minimal. I put in a title, which starts off with episode number and the title of the show, which matches the file title, the title in the file. So sometimes I'll forget what I named it, uh, the title in the tags, in which case I just go back to the file, right-click it, again, select Get Info, and it'll bring up that information um, that I put in there from iTunes. So I'll name the, the in, uh, I'll put in the title of the blog post, paste the notes. Now, because of SEO purposes, I put in the synopsis the same thing I put in the comments of the tags I put in the blog post to start the blog post. It's usually 160 characters, tells you a little bit about what the show is about. Oh, and then I hit enter, and then I call, put in what's called the show agenda is what I call it, and I paste the, the show notes, so kind of the outline. And you could see that at Gaming and BS and any of the episodes there, um, .com. Then, of course, I have to do some other tweaking. Um, so we have WordPress SEO um, plugin. So listen to the first part of this series for some of the plugins that we use, but one of them is WordPress SEO. And it will ask you for focus keyword, SEO title, and meta description. And I fill those in appropriately. The SEO title is typically the title of the show and the number of the episode. The meta description, that is the verbiage that is going to come up when Google indexes it and you find that show on Google. So it'll say, whatever, Google, and it'll say, here's what the show's about. That is the same info that I have in the comments. So it's the same at the top of the blog post. It's the same as the comments when I do iTunes tagging. And it's the same in the meta description of WordPress SEO by Yoast. Then I select the category. So if it's a gaming and BS show, I 
click the gaming and BS category box because that's how our feed is set up. I do set a featured image in the blog post, which is just our logo. And then we also use PowerPress. So that will also come in when you're going to post for a show in the, and so in that, um, in that little box or those, that section of boxes, text boxes, you put in the URL from your web host of Blueberry and post it into the media URL box of the PowerPress plugin. And then there's a little box that says verify URL. You hit that and it'll say, yep, this is green. In other words, it exists. And then file size, I have auto detect the file size. And then in duration, I actually specify the duration because it wasn't auto detecting for some reason. So I select specify. I look at iTunes. It tells me the show's an hour and two minutes and 30 seconds. I hit the specify button, put in hour, uh, 30, what I say, 30 seconds or hour, three minutes and 32 seconds. And I put that in there. And then what I do is on the right hand side in WordPress, it says publish. But what I do is it says publish immediately and there's an edit button. I hit that edit button and I actually set it for Tuesday, the following Tuesday, at 12.05 Central Time. And then the publish button will switch from publish to schedule. And then I hit schedule. Now that is all done. It's all set so when Tuesday rolls around at 12.05, the blog post will go live. When the blog post goes live, iTunes will pick up the episode from the feed and it will come up in iTunes. Now, I think there's a little bit of delay in that feed from the website to iTunes, but that's something I can't control. Now, if somebody subscribed directly to our website, it will pop up when they, whenever they, when that goes live and they pull up their podcatcher. All right. That's it. So that's done and done. Pretty straightforward. Let me know if you have any questions at gamingnbs at gmail.com. But that is for the most part, hey, we sit down, we record the show, and then that's how we upload it and, and put in all our show notes. Tuesday comes along at 12.05, 12.10, 1 p.m. All the podcatchers and iTunes should be updating and everything. But what I also do is I'll go to Facebook, I will go to Google Plus, and I will go to Twitter and put, you know, announce the show has dropped. And I will do it manually for each one. Now, there are some propagators that you can use out there, like Buffer App, there's Hootsuite. The problem I find with not going directly to the sites is one, Facebook tends to lower priority and showing those updates that aren't um, organic. So if you post it yourself, there is a higher likelihood that other people will see it. Other, rather than, oh, I'm going to post it through Buffer app, then Facebook says, ah, it's through Buffer app. The guy's really not even posting himself. Yeah, we'll put it out there. We'll propagate it, but not to as many as we should. That's my finding, and I think that's kind of what's going on out there. Also, is if you use one of those uh, propagation or social media uh, channels or applications to distribute to multiple channels, is that they don't bring in the blog art or the you know small thumbnail image that accompanies 
your post, which kind of sucks. If you get the image in there, it's much more likely to be noticed and people will go, oh, okay, that's cool. So imagery just plays a little bit of an enticement role in all social media outlets. Um, so images with or posts with pictures will get more attention than just text is what I've found. So I do that. And I, I mean, if I'm at lunch, usually I will remember myself. I actually have a reminder in my calendar, hey, you know, gaming and BS. And then I'll just do that if I get a chance. And I can do it from my phone or anywhere. All right. So that's it. And then it's gone and it's done. And then people will listen to it. I post through our Google Plus. Uh, we have a page and that page will post the show to our community. So there's a little dilemma on how that how we should do that, but that's how we're currently doing it. And then I post to Facebook directly under our Gaming and BS page, and then our Gaming and BS Twitter account, which is at Gaming and BS, I post there. So that's the social media outlets that I hit. With one caveat, um, we do as well post to YouTube, which is something I thought, you know, a lot of podcasters should really get on, and they don't for whatever reason. And I think it's maybe one, they don't know how. So YouTube, we have uh, YouTube and if you search gaming and BS, we'll come up. We have our own channel and then we've put up our other associated channels like, hey, if you like this show, you'll probably like these other shows Um, like, you know, Tabletop and Misdirected Mark and a couple others. As long as they're like table gaming, uh, tabletop gaming focused, we put those there and you can check those out. But with YouTube, the tricky thing is, is YouTube does not accept audio files. So what you have to do is you have to make your MP3 into a video file. And that is not as easy as I thought it would be. Um, many times I found that you, you open uh, iMovie and in iMovie you drop the audio track. And then what you do is you drop your logo in for the kind of the video track above it or the overlay and you take that logo and you span the entire track of the audio. So what essentially is happening is as the audio is playing, it is just simply displaying the artwork of your show or whatever you want to put up there. But what I have found is when you do that, it takes you know a file and makes it two gigabytes. And it's just way, way, way too obnoxious. I must be doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. I've tried it multiple times. First of all, it takes forever to actually make the video. And then once it's created, it takes forever to upload the video. So uploading a 60 meg file may take me five minutes. Uh, Uploading a two gigabyte file to YouTube is going to take me probably overnight. And that's just ridiculous. And you risk it not working for some reason. So maybe halfway through the download, it times out and then you got to start over. What I have found and what I've used rather successfully is FFmpeg. So that's FFM as in Michael, P as in Paul, E as in Echo, G as in Golf, FFmpeg. You can Google it. You can find it. There is a little bit of a learning curve. It does work on Linux, OS 10, and I believe Windows. And I was using this on Linux because it was really easy to use on Linux. It was easy to configure, um, so to speak. And then I moved um, most of this stuff to Mac uh, because that's what I'm using as my primary desktop now. It is command line. There's not a WYSIWYG. There's not cool Windows. You just search for the file and you put it in there. Now, for Windows, maybe. I don't know. 
But anyways, um, and it's very powerful. You can do a lot of different things. You can actually extract audio out of YouTube videos with it um, and a lot, lot more. You have to find the command that actually works for you. And uh, I have that command. I'll post it in the show notes and you can kind of copy and paste that command in the command line. It's running in a terminal. And what you have to do is you have to have the file of the MP3 and you have to have the artwork file or image, whether it's a PNG file or a GIF or a JPEG in the same directory that FFmpeg runs out of. Now on Mac, it runs off of out of my home directory. So when I do this, I put a copy of the MP3 in there and a copy of the artwork and I pull up a terminal and I copy paste the command so I don't have to remember it. When I copy and paste the command, I change the file name of the MP3 and the output of what it's going to output. So it's usually like a command for the episode prior or it's I think it's just the same command all the time. So I change it to... Whatever the output file name is, which it would be gbs041.mkv. And then I change the mp3 file to gbs041.mp3. And then I hit enter. And then the command line comes up with this kind of string uh, command line after line after line of it basically producing uh a video track that incorporates the album art and the mp3 file and then when it's done it'll just stop and and give you a prompt and then in the directory that you had these files will be the newly generated file which would be called gbs041.mkv okay if you didn't do it right or you don't see it um, the, the command line will tank, you know, bomb out. If you don't name the files correctly, like, Hey, I want to put in this and there it's like, Hey, it's not doing it. You probably don't have the MP3 in that folder or you misnamed the artwork or something along those lines. Just double check. You've changed them appropriately and the files that it needs to do its job are available. It's really that easy. So then I take that MKV file and I go to our YouTube channel and hit upload. And then I upload that file. And as you're uploading it, you can fill in the blanks like the title of the show, um, any of the notes that you want in there. I do put our explicit rating in there, a link to our RSS feed, iTunes, and our website in the actual body of the comments or the description field. I also put in the same text that I put in the comments of the tag that I mentioned earlier I also put that, and that's the intro to the blog post, and I put that in the YouTube. So I paste that, then I put in explicit, then I put in iTunes link, RSS link, and link to website. I also monetize it so it can run an ad. Big deal. It's, you know, I just do that because somebody clicks on it, we earn a couple cents, then great. Since they're not going to watch the video, it's not going to be intrusive, right? They're going to listen to it. I also make it part of a playlist. So all of them are in the playlist, Gaming and BS. So that way, if somebody wants to listen to like all our episodes one by one, they can just hit the playlist and they'll just go right through them one by one. And I believe when that happens and a new one occurs, they can just tune into that playlist and it's not it's not listened to or quote unquote watched, then it will automatically start on the most recent. 
And that's just to segregate in case we want to do more than one show, like bonus BS and put that up there. Um, then that's a whole different playlist. And then it's up on YouTube. Now on YouTube, we usually drop any, I do it whenever I, I feel like it. I'll either do it right after the recording. I may do it two or three days later. It's very sporadic. Um, we have very limited listenership on YouTube and very limited subscribers. And I don't think anybody there is as diligent to listening to us on YouTube as our podcast audio version only. Um, and, and I may be wrong, but nonetheless, we I think we maybe have a handful of subscribers on YouTube because it's really known for video and we're not doing video, but it's still there and it's an audio and I think it's just another channel. My philosophy nowadays is people will get the info they want how they want it. So we're providing it in a lot of different um, areas that people can go to. So when people say, well, well, I don't like any of these, I like Stitcher. We're on Stitcher and it'll pick up our show and they can listen to it on Stitcher. Okay, gotcha. You want to listen to it there? Great. We want to be there. And that's it. So then it's up to YouTube. Yeah, so that's pretty much that um, as far as the workflow goes. Pretty straightforward, a little bit in the weeds. I hope it was all clear without the video component to it and that you followed along with what I was kind of saying. Um, And then what happens is I take that, uh, I should say, um, when I go to Google Docs, I take that episode that we just recorded and I put it in a completed episodes folder. So I just keep it for reference. Um, And then also I should add, I take the MP3 file that we uploaded to our host and I actually put it in Google Drive of Gaming NBS. So all of our episodes are there. They give you like, I don't know, five gigabytes for free and our files are 60 megs a piece. So I think we have all 40, 41 of our Gaming NBS episodes on Google Drive. So in case our host tanks or whatever or my computer bombs, we still have all the MP3 files. And it's still even at our web host, our, our, our podcasting host um, file. So I've got it in like three locations. And if anything should bomb, I also upload all the artwork that we use and the transition MP3s that are on SoundCat. I put those up on Google, uh, Google Drive. Um, so I have them in multiple locations. I also have a hard drive that I'm running Time Machine on. So an external USB drive locally. So literally, if anything happens, I just want to be able to go, okay, I'll find the files and redo everything and make it happen um, with as minimal uh, effort as possible. But that's something to keep in mind because you definitely don't want a catastrophe to hit and leave you in the lurch. But I think that covers it for this. Again, this is uh, a multi-part episode. The next one is going to be about our gear and what we use and uh, how we use it. And maybe actually shorter than the last couple, but... uh, Yeah, I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any questions, again, email me uh, or Brad at gamingandbs at gmail.com. Much appreciate it and have a good one.